all right what's going on guys how are we doing on this fine evening big night tonight y'all big night big night a uh, little bit of housekeeping things i guess to get out of the way um in case you didn't know um spike cohen's interview for us got pushed back about an hour um but that's no big deal we're cool with it so we're gonna run a normal podcast episode until Spike gets here, and then after that, we're just going to roll right into Spike Cohen's interview. Housekeeping item number two, my glorious mustache. What a glory. Look at this thing. This thing is amazing. What a true thing of wonder. And um, housekeeping it, item number three. You kind of look like a bandit with that mustache. My mom way. told me that... That uh, I look like a, a a a Wild West bartender, and that I just yeah. need, I need a hat and you a could, gun, and I was like, you do like a, Halloween costume set in January. You could be a stand-in on like Westworld or something. Yeah, well, that might be what's next for for old Ben Fay. Um, there you go. Housekeeping housekeeping item number three: the Chiefs are playing right now, and as much as I want you guys and I want updates on that, <laughs> we can't have the chat flooded with updates on the game. Uh, it's killing me, uh -oh. killing me on the inside, but I can't get distracted. Uh -oh. I can't get distracted, but hashtag Chiefs Kingdom, it's fine. The only thing I'm going to say is no lead is safe, and then we're just going to leave it at that. So, I think that's all the housekeeping stuff. You're in charge of the housekeeping. I don't... I'm just here. <laughs> Alex is just here. I'm just here, man. I'm just here. I don't care about the rules. I'm I so I'm I don't care about I think that's that's uh that's all housekeeping stuff taken care of. Um let's... my house is unkept. <laughs> let's uh let's let's get into it. Uh this past week we had the inauguration of President Joe Biden. We sure did. And um what a day. It was a day. I was fortunate I was fortunate enough to be able to sneak 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 watching it while i was at work because i and it was it was important and i wanted to i wanted to watch it uh number one i am thankful that it went peacefully and really went off without a hitch man I, that was I big that was big i couldn't believe i was sitting there watching it like uh wow everything's gonna go smooth today huh yep uh so that was that was good i was really i was really happy that nothing crazy happened I yes. was displeased, however, with the fact that they introduced the Clintons as the Honorable William, like Jay Clinton and Hillary Rodham Clinton. And I was in the middle of work and I heard that in my ear and I exclaimed loudly for all to hear, there's nothing honorable about the Clintons. They kill people. <laughs> um, and, oh. and, and just went that and everybody kind of looked at me like, what? And I was like, don't worry. I was like, they just introduced the Clintons as honorable and they are the farthest thing from it. So that was... That Not was, very honorable. That was but, the, you know, that was the first that's thing. Neither here nor there. That was the first thing that set me off about the inauguration. They were like giddy. Yeah, there. I. That was. I, I don't know. That was life. that. The other thing that was kind of like rubbed me wrong was like everybody got seated. Blah blah blah. And then uh, I don't even remember who it was. What's her? Uh, what's her face got up and did like the introductory speech. Um. And like I, you could, I could tell in her face when I would like sneak looks at her face, and I could tell in her voice that they were just so fucking happy <laughs> to be there oh, yeah. and getting like Trump out of the White House. And I was like, "All right, guys, I know I, we didn't, we didn't, nobody, not everybody liked him, yada yada yada." But do we have to look so fucking gleeful about it? Like it's like their Super Bowl, man. They were, they were just thanks, combo. Yeah, Amy. Klobuchar? I am not going to attempt to pronounce that again. Um, Amy Klobuchar. Klobuchar? Yeah. Well, she was be over the moon, and there was plenty of people there that were the same way, and they weren't even trying to hide it. And no. I, I get it, but this is, uh, you know, it's it's like a, it's a big deal. It's a formal event, and I don't know. I just think, for me personally, it was a, it was a bad look to have the leaders of our country from the different facets of of government just sit there and be like Ooh, this is the best thing ever 
you could I don't know. Hear it. You could hear faint in the background. Ding dong. The witch is dead. Witch old witch. The wicked witch. It was yeah. like you could just tell they were all just running around like, oh, greatest day ever. Yeah. So that was the I don't outsiders know. gone. That just kind of left a really bad taste in my mouth. Uh, um, I was right about Trump taking Air Force One. Oh, really? He took yeah. Air Force One to Mar-a-Lago? He did. He did. Oh, well, I mean, said, technically up until Biden was inaugurated right around, right just before noon, he was still the president, so. I uh, was hearing that I think this is the third president in history to not attend the inauguration of the incumbent president. Or the incumbent not attending the inauguration of yeah, the Yeah, 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 I got that backwards. Of you the incoming? Saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, one of them was like because it was back in the 1800s and he would have had to take in a carriage in the morning at like four o'clock. So he didn't. And he got there for like the after ceremonies and stuff. Huh? And then I, was it Aaron Burr? I can't remember who it was. Somebody had a tiff with the, uh, incoming president. And that morning as he was signing final executive orders, he was like, I'm not going, I don't, I'm not going to that guy's. I forget the two presidents. Well, that one sounds like the 1800s. That though. one sounds pretty close to what happened this go round. Um, mm -hmm. So He's yeah, sad boy. There was that, He's and then sad, sad boy. The other thing, like for me, I don't know. I didn't like it. Was just a whole dog and pony show, and I was like, Ugh. I mean, I get it. It's a big day. It's a big event. Blah blah blah. But there was a lot of I I felt unnecessary pomp and circumstance. Well, I mean, it was nice to see especially with the days leading up in the disarray that it was, it was nice to see like a big celebration of like a new president, like sparking change, but here's what's going to happen. It's already happening. First hundred days, he's going to start passing all the shitty at, that he's doing. And then it's, it's already a fucking, not a bloodbath, but yeah, it's already the same old shit, which yeah. is why I'm so glad we have spike on tonight to talk about how we actually spark change like how do we make this happen because it's going to be the same shit show for the next four years right and i was actually looking at some stuff right before this that i'll, I'll touch on here in a minute once we get done just kind of i guess summarizing the or at least i get done summarizing the inauguration on my end while i was watching it um one of the other things and this one this this part made me laugh when i heard it but I, uh, biden got to one section of his speech uh, and he was like, you know, I'll, I'll, I will bring like, you know, peace and, and justice and, and stability and unity to, to the United States. And immediately the first thing that came to my head and all you Star Wars fans out there will, will, will probably thought the same thing was the scene from episode three where Anakin says, I have bought, brought peace, freedom, justice and security to my new empire. And uh, as soon as I heard that, I went ahead and just made a meme for it and posted it around at a, at a couple of places. And uh, this was the concoction that I came up with. <laughs> it just made me laugh. So I just kind of put Biden's face over Anakin's and just <laughs> went with that. So you TikTok, you're making memes. I've always man, been making you're memes. Just man. freaking right. You're such a child. I've got to, you know, got to get in there and get the Zoomers hooked. You know. Let's let's go after those so, year old audience, you know. That is the Gotta educate them up. <laughs> that is the uh, that is that is what I got. That's if what I, I got continue to check my phone, um, it's not because I'm uninterested. It's because I'm messaging Spike's guy. Uh, yeah. So there was there so was he'll that. He'll show up in about two hours. He's gonna show up in two hours. Uh, yeah, about eight my time. Oh, wow. Okay. We got to keep you guys entertained for like two hours. Cool. Um, we can do it. We can do it. So that was, um, that was one of the first quiet? things squash says I'm a bit quiet. I just turned you up on my end. I think how's the audio now guys. Check, check, Mike, check, check, Mike, check. This is DJ ginger on the radio. Checking the mic. So check, hey, check, check. Come on squash. Help I think it, so I can no, stop doing I think this. It's good. Yeah. I just checked it. I think you're good now. Um, so yeah, that was one of the things I, I, I thought I was like, Oh God, here we go. There's that. Um, and my dad texted me a couple of the things of like, you know, this is how, this is how democracy dies with thunderous applause. And I was like, mm, we'll see. Uh, and I'll get, I'll get into that here in just a minute. Um, but I mean, 
other than that, there were some things that were said during it that I was like, ah, it's not too bad. And there's some other things said that I was like, ugh, yeah, right. That's not going to happen. Um, so yeah, by the message, the message was about unity. So that's, I mean, on the surface and they've talked about it a lot this week about, you know, it's easy to give a speech talking about unity. It's another thing to live out your terms, you know, inspiring and sparking unity. So I mean, everything he said sounded good. You know, he didn't like call out Trump for not being there. Yeah. Um, in fact, there was one point where he was going to read uh, thank you to my successors who have laid the way for me. And he was going to list uh, Bush, Clinton and Obama and leave out Trump. Mm. And that was actually on the teleprompter, but he chose to lead Leave, leave off the names and not specifically mention Trump and just say to my predecessors, which well, that was probably a good call on his part. I um, know I everything so so far so good. I, yeah. I hope to God that man gets in there, changes this country, our taxes go down. That's already not happening, but in theory, no. um, you know, we take care of our veterans, homelessness rates go down, employment rate goes up. All the things that most people just want in All our the country. things that people want, yeah. but we'll see. Um, so I did this. This came from, and you know, we'll take this with um, grains of salt. Uh, but what I heard this, you know, this came from Fox News, and this was a little while ago. Uh, just so I could, just because I was interested, just to see. Um, the headline on this little blurb was "Left Wing Riots Rattle U.S. Cities Cities After President Biden's Inauguration." Now they didn't really talk about any of the rioting in this little seven-minute clip that I watched. But they did talk about the fact that um, one of the things that Biden did, and this kind of ties into some Canadian news, which we'll probably get into as well. Um, uh, when when Biden, you know, put a basically put a stop with through one of his executive orders um, to the Keystone XL pipeline uh, happening, that laid off a lot of union workers, uh, and historically union workers typically vote democrats so a lot of them are not happy right now that that happened because that is you know their livelihood their good paying union job that just got canned uh because biden through a lot of his executive orders that he just signed like literally the first day inauguration happened he went to the oval office and sat down and signed like 17 executive orders many of which uh were uh reverting uh a lot of the executive orders that Trump passed during his presidency. Um, one of those was, you know, putting us back into the Paris Accords, which then led to the Keystone XL um, pipeline being stopped. Um, and also that in that, that put a stop to um, any exploration and drilling and piping of oil from the Arctic as well, which was at least some of that is part of, you know, Canada. So there's a lot of people on the Democratic side that are not happy with that. Um, another thing that I guess the left isn't, well, not I wouldn't say the left isn't happy with, but another thing that's happened is this this presidency, and this again is coming from Fox News, so I'm just kind of paraphrasing. Um, this candidacy for uh, Biden and, and Kamala Harris was, was, I guess, advertised or put forth as a more moderate uh, you know, a set more moderate to centrist like uh, presidency, and now through a lot of these executive order signings, it's looking like it's going to lean more and more to the left, um, and more and more in line, I guess, with some of the things that Bernie wanted. Uh, so I'm just going to go through now. Um, I haven't pulled up. There's this is this is I guess the top uh, executive orders that Biden uh, signed while in the Oval Office the, right after his inauguration. So we're going to go through these. Um, some of these I. I'm not a big fan of like at all. One one thing real quick, uh, pwn donkeys. We're gonna get to that first pass uh, term limits in Congress. Right. Uh, I'll get to that in a second. Right. So, uh, one of the first ones. One of them was protecting the federal workforce from requiring mask wearing. This was just you know, um, if you're going to go to federal property or if you're a worker at federal on federal property or anything like that, you're gonna wear a mask if you step on federal grounds. Whatever. Not that big of a deal. This one, um, this one I'm not super hyped up on. Uh, so this one says organizing and mobilizing to combat COVID-19. Uh, so this order focuses on the desire to act swiftly and aggressively to control or to, to combat coronavirus disease. 
Uh, it's titled The Organizing and Mobilizing the United States Government to Provide a Unified and Effective Response to Combat COVID-19 and to Provide United States Leadership on Global Health and Security. Uh, it established positions of coordinator for the COVID-19 response and counselor to the president as a, and a deputy coordinator as well uh, within the executive office of the president. Uh, they will be responsible for coordinating federal efforts linked to points such as vaccine distribution and testing. It is also ordered the heads of agencies must report any obstacle to the COVID-19 response to their attention as soon as possible for them to coordinate responses to. The order also accounts for preparedness for potential future biological and pandemic threats. So, uh, yeah, the be all. Yeah, go ahead. The be all and end all of this is that the government is now very involved yeah. in COVID-19 response. They're basically the federal government is controlling everything in relation to this this pandemic vaccines where the vaccines are getting distributed how many of the vaccines are getting distributed like their hand is like we went from not much government to control to now full-on government with their hand in everything and i think that that's a, a doorway to open up for the government to be to get a lot more control in a lot of other areas of our lives and i'm not i'm not really that doesn't sit well with me I, I get where it's coming from in the sense that Trump basically um, gave the power to the states and said, you know, do what you need to do to stay open. And the states handled it shitty. I mean, you look at like New York, California, some states handled it very well. Like Texas handled it pretty well. Um, I think I've said before, I'm an investor in a bar in Austin and I invested right before COVID hit. And I was like, well, that's money I'm never going to see again, you know. Um, but through like takeout alcohol sales, uh, they, they kept people working with keeping people away from each other. And then when it was safe and deemed, okay, it looks like we can open the doors again, that's what they did. And then you have California still shutting down outdoor dining when there's no scientific or feasible evidence to suggest that outdoor dining is contributing to um, the spread of COVID. Right. Some states still have gyms shut down and there's no evidence to suggest that people using a gym, using sanitary measures, wearing masks, keeping people away from me. How often do you work out within six feet from someone? Rarely ever. ever. I try yeah. and keep my distance from people when I'm at the gym. Yeah. Uh, just on a normal day on a normal day and i use those but, sprays and the towels that they have to clean up after i'm done and before i use it because there's some scumbags out there that don't clean shit and what they what i was hoping for on the covid response was what a lot of people were touting and talking about if biden got elected was let's turn this over to people that we hire an independent agency who stands to profit nothing from this other than just handling it well and giving us guidelines and recommendations to how to live in a pandemic let's turn this over to them and listen to them right but so. but instead the opposite now you're just completely controlling it from a government standpoint where we all know government is business there's going to be fiscal uh, you know, as much as we say decisions made that have to do with profit versus what's best for the American. People. Right. And as much as we say, you know, that, you know, government shouldn't be run like a business and Trump ran it like a business the last, you know, four years, there's not much difference, honestly, just because of how the money is handled through government and who gives money to the government. Mm -hmm. um, so the chat's like, you know, because the states handled it, handled it well, question mark. We covered that. Some That's did, some did it. About, yeah. Squash asks, is the government not meant to be involved in trying to fight a public health crisis? We're not saying that the government's not supposed to be involved. I'm just not comfortable with the amount of involvement the government is now imposing. There's a difference between having an active hand in it and trying to do what's best for the American people. And there's a difference between completely taking it over and now saying the power lies within us and we make the decisions and you listen. Right. And you and respond. So maybe, you know, maybe the, the federal government does handle this well and we move forward and, and they do a good job with the rest of, you know, handling of this pandemic. What what really irks me about this is the fact that they can use this as their toehold or foothold to 
set a precedent of when the government can just can take control of everything whenever they fucking want to. Well, and you see, we've talked about examples in Australia, examples mm-hmm. in the UK, the dangers that are involved with giving this over to the federal government to where they can control basically what people are saying, how they're saying it, what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do. And there again, there's some real gray lines of where the power should start and where it should stop. Right. And so in case you don't remember, um, I'll just use the Australia example as well, because there's 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 good and and bad that happen in that. Right. So for the most part, um, pretty much every every province, every uh, state in Australia, whatever you want to call it, um, ex- with the exception of Victoria, basically relied on the the country government, the federal government, to to impose the lockdown, and pretty much everybody abided by it, you know abided by that. Now the bad part on that was that there was, for example, a twelve year old kid that said, "Dude, screw this! I don't want. I'm I'm done being in my house. I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna go play in the park." And it happened to be after curfew, so that happened. And the cops came and arrested that kid. Like just grabbed him and threw him in the back of the wagon because he broke curfew. Yes, he broke curfew, but the kid's twelve years old and. He wanted to go play outside. You know, I'm not saying you know right or wrong, but the, uh, for me, that feels like an excessive use of you know government power. One of the other things that they did is they started censoring a lot of um, basically free speech by by citizens on social media platforms. So one woman in Australia uh, made a post on Facebook, uh, basically not in agreement with the lockdown. And expressing her opinion on the whole the whole matter. Well, the cops came to her house, confiscated literally all of her electronic, her and her husband's electronic devices, every electronic device in that house confiscated. They arrested her, uh, and they charged her with something like you know, basically like dissent against the government or something. So that's you know where that's the bad side of the, that much government involvement. The good side of it is with the again the exception of Victoria, that pretty much Australia had Australia's COVID nineteen cases went way down with the government uh induced lockdown victoria on the other hand said you know what we're not going to do that we're going to hire a separate you know contracting company basically to impose lockdown the the bad side about that and i honestly haven't heard really much of a good upside uh was the fact that that whole system was became you know, susceptible to bribes and a lot of bribes happen. People, you know, bribing the, the enforcers. Right, that sounds harsh. Bribing the, the, the people of the contracted company that were there to, you know, I guess, enforce the, the lockdown. They, they started accepting bribes so people could go to the grocery store, people could get out of their house, um, yada, yada, yada. And bribes were, you know, given in, uh, in all types of ways. Um, and Victoria had a huge spike in you know, COVID-19 cases. It was the one state in Australia that had a large, you know, COVID-19 problem um, because the system that they imposed was, you know, became susceptible to bribes. Now, what Alex has said just a few minutes ago was, you know, we hand it over to an entity that doesn't uh, stem to profit from it. My only thing with that is that there could be the bribery aspect come in with that, but there's, you know, there's also ways to mitigate that pay them part of it yeah just pay them enough pay them. so that that bribes don't matter uh, again it's i've used the sports reference before like basketball referees could stand to profit millions of dollars from betters right if they threw a game or if they had an outcome come out that was monetarily induced right but it doesn't happen because they're paid well and they purposely seek out like lawyers people who make a good amount of money to come and pay them more money and and they have high moral standards yeah i was like people that that are hire those people to come in and manage this situation for us and yeah have the government control that but don't just step in and say well hey trust us just trust us this is in your best interest we'll tell you when you can get your vaccine where you can get your vaccine and who's allowed to get the vaccine. You, you may not be able to go back like, to work for yeah. three weeks, uh, you know, because we're going to shut down. And I'm not saying they're doing this. I'm just saying it, when government is in this amount of control, 
just enjoy your $1,200 that will barely get you by for this amount of time while we shut everything down. Um, and just trust us that it's going to work out. Well, no, bitch, I don't trust you. Right. No, uh, there is a substantial amount of Americans right now that have zero trust in the American government system. And uh, again, I don't want to be a broken record. I'm glad that we have someone coming in tonight that can shed some more detailed light on how we actually start to make a change by voting in people that we know and we can trust like Tulsi Gabbard. Exactly. She was on Rogan again. Did you listen to that at all? I didn't, but I will go back and listen to that one because that one does sound like it would be very, very interesting. Um, yeah, catch the donkeys. Pendonkeys. Pendonkeys is uh, a guy that I know. He's from one of my other streamer buddies' um, oh. streams. He's a mod over there. But I told him about this, and also told him that we have a little sports section in my Discord now that we talk about stuff. And he was very interested to come and swing by and, and hear the interview with Spike. Cool. Well, thanks for coming. Um, uh, and yes, absolute power corrupts absolutely for sure. There, there's no better way to put it. And he always, his other comment is the problem isn't with places that practice good COVID measures. The problem with places and people that refuse to do what is right or necessary. Exactly. exactly. And we covered yeah. that in an, at a previous episode. And uh, I and I'll shout out my family podcast as well. We're on a little bit of break from that, but we also covered, um, you know, both us and my family's podcast. We both covered, you know the good of one versus the goods of the many during a pandemic, basically to boil it down into one simple phrase. Um, we've, we've talked about, you know, we talked about that before. Um, and you know, the problem with America is people are selfish and people are like, we're taking my rights all the time. Uh, and so now, now we're, we're at the point where we're at, where some of the, some, some States are doing really well and some States are just fucking atrocious. When you turn what should be a bipartisan issue and you turn it into a partisan issue, it, that's the result of what we're living in right now. Right. Where I have, I just saw another one of my friends from Texas guy I played baseball with in college saying something about how the CDC is now saying that a nose swab isn't substantial enough to get a positive uh, COVID result. Right. right? The gist of what the article was saying is that it's not the most accurate way that we have at our fingertips now. So it's becoming somewhat outdated was, and it was from like us news corporation or something was, I just saw the screenshot. I didn't read the article because I don't know where the fuck he got it from. It was probably one of those like clickbait Facebook tabloid internet tabloid. That's not to suggest that you cannot completely throw out a nose swab as a way to be able to determine if someone has COVID, right? But he shared that as a screenshot and said, this ain't no pandemic. They've been lying to us all along. They told us nose swabs were the gold standard, blah, blah, blah. It's like what you don't understand, like you're, you can take a little snippet of something and contextualize it to make it seem like Oh, they're, you know, they've been after us all along and COVID isn't no pandemic, you know. Again, if we would just cut it down the middle and say, it doesn't matter if you're Democrat, it doesn't matter if you're Republican, we're going to find a way to tackle this. And in fact, we're going to bring in a team who is getting paid large sums of money to guide the way on this. Beautiful. The only incentive they have is to make things better in the middle of a pandemic for the country. That's the only incentive they have. So why don't we do that? Combo, we are full screen, my friend. We should be anyway. Yeah, we are. It's just, this is as uh, full screen as Zoom goes. So, um, But yeah, Padonkeys, you're right. That's another problem is no one reads past the clickbaity headlines and nobody, you know, people just yep. read sensationalized headlines and take that as the end all and be all, which is part of the reason we're doing this podcast week in and week out is to exactly. try and get information and that at least our, or not, I wouldn't say our version of the truth, but at least find the truth and, and, and put that out there. That way, at least, you know, the people that, that stop by and listen to us here or on YouTube in, in the next couple of days when it gets posted after the, an episode can kind of, oh, these guys actually did some research and looked at shit. If you care to stay up to date on what is going on 
politically and in our world day to day, I hope that we can be a little bit of beacon of information, whether you agree with us or not, and you absolutely do not have to agree with us, but you can at least know that we're not sitting here saying something from like a half cocked attitude. Right. You know, we don't have our opinions just because we, you know, see a clickbait article and read the title and then move on. You know, we're like, okay, what's, 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 what's this actually about? What's, you know? what's the deeper meaning yeah. behind this? Um, going back to the thing about being uh, COVID-19 being a bipartisan issue. That was one of the things that I did agree with during Biden's speech was he said that, you know, we're, that he's going to work to stop health things like this, um, COVID-19, other things that don't need to be bipartisan issues. He's going to work to keep them from being bipartisan issues and try, you know, it was part of his message of unity uh, was to to try and keep things that didn't need to be bipartisan from becoming bipartisan. Um, and he, and he uh, you know, I did another snippet I listened to while I was watching that other video that they showed was him saying, you know, politics doesn't need to be a, a raging fire that burns everything in front of it. Um, you know, and, and we don't need to just, you know, go off half cocked with it and, and mad about every disagreement that we have. And I was like, well, that's somewhat refreshing to hear a, um, a president stand up, you know, that, that we haven't had, you know, in the last four years say that, you know, let's not fight each other over every little thing and let's not turn by uh, issues that aren't bipartisan into bipartisan issues. So I did, I did at least agree with that part of his speech. And I was like, if you can get that to work and you can, and you can, um, uh, and you can do that, then like, cool. I don't have to be full screen. Let me, I, I, fuck, I don't know. It's been like this for a while. I don't know what, uh, Nope, that's not right. Yeah. That's all your stuff. Uh, and then that's um, Alex. Yeah, that's not gonna. That's not it either. We're just gonna do. Oh, that's beautiful. It's just. <laughs> We're just gonna, oh, there it goes. Now, now I wanted to work. Um, whatever. And donkeys says it's refreshing to listen to you guys. I can tell that we don't align a hundred percent politically, but you both seem to be informed more so than most people I interact with the internet. Right. And the amount of people that I will probably align with a hundred percent politically, that, that's probably pretty few, a hundred percent, every policy, every issue. I don't even think I, Alex and I agree a hundred percent. We agree. I, sure I would, I would yeah. say at least, at least upper nineties, but there are probably a couple things here and there that we're, that we disagree on. If you gave us a hundred policies that we both looked at, and came back to each other after going through all of them i'm sure there would probably be five to ten that were I, like i don't know i you know yeah and that's and, fine and that's fine and we like, would we would sit here look at each other have a civil civil discussion lay out why we do or don't agree with those things and then be like nice bro like let me let me say again one more time why i love dan crenshaw and tulsi gabbard so much both are veterans Tulsi is a pretty not staunch Democrat. She's like a centralist Democrat and she's not part of that old, like that the Clinton old Demo Democrat, you know, like she's a new fresh face. <laughs> Hillary Clinton and other people called her a Russian um, saboteur or something like Which that. Which is just so After she basically irritating. stood up and well, she destroyed Kamala Harris. Which they on I, the debate stage. I watched that clip which against... that really put a sour balloon in that um, whole yeah. party. Mm -hmm. And uh, long story short, she again she was on Rogan again this week. Really great person. I really disagree with her on a lot of policies because I do lean more towards the right. But I would have voted for her in a heartbeat over Donald Trump because I know she's real. I know yeah. she's a real person. You know, she was a Congresswoman and now she lives in Hawaii where she's from and is just like surfing every day and like, you know, just living the Hawaii life. Yeah. Then you have Dan, Dan Crenshaw, who is one of her good friends um, who is very right wing. Um, but again, he's real. I align more with his policy. I don't agree with everything he has to say. He's pretty anti like legalization of marijuana. Like, come on, man, you gotta, you gotta move forward with the times. Like 
you got to realize that there's a profit to be made there. Right. Anyway. That's but another. <laughs> they both talk about how they are friends. You know, they might be aggressively when she was when Tulsi was still a congresswoman. They might be aggressively debating, you know, on the floor of Congress that after or that morning, but they'll go to lunch together and at the end of the day, potentially have a beer together, you know, and they're not at each other's throats as people. Right. Which is I, I wish I, I hope and, and, and pray that we can get more of that into government rather than the knockdown drag out fights that we just continually get in. Um but you know move, let's moving on with uh, some more of of these executive orders that um uh, one second biden said yeah go ahead donkey colorado made so much money off of weed in their first month of selling it that they had to give money back to the citizens of colorado because they had too much to do with it it's crazy and they all and they all voted to just give it to the public school system anyway I'll leave it at that. Yep. All right. So these next couple of executive orders that Biden signed, I these don't I don't these don't sit super super well with me, especially the the second one. So this next one is the revocation of certain executive orders concerning federal re- regulations. So this this order also looked to reverse Trump's action and this this one by itself ended six of Trump's executive orders. Uh, and so Biden was quoted saying in this, it is the policy of my administration to use available tools to confront the urgent challenges uh, facing the nation, including coronavirus disease, pan- uh, pandemic, economic recovery, racial justice, and climate change. To tackle these challenges effectively, executive departments and agencies must be equipped with flexibility to use robust regulatory action to address national priorities. Um, this order revokes harmful policies and directives that threaten to frustrate the federal government's ability to confront these problems and empowers agencies to use appropriate regulatory tools to achieve these goals. This included revoking Executive Order 13771, which required any executive department or agency announcing a new regulation to also propose the repeal of two regulations in return. I'm going to actually run that back real fast. This one was not as bad as the next one I'm about to say read. It. I was going to say it. Say it in more layman's terms instead of reading it. So... Um, I'm even getting a little bit lost with it. Yeah, and this is like these are just short blurbs on them. Uh, what, yeah. So this one is basically saying that it's the Biden's Biden's policy and his administration is to give to give agencies that need them the tools to confront things that they need to confront, i.e., the pandemic, economic recovery, racial justice, and climate change. Uh, it's going to give them the tools to effectively do their job. He's- Who's he given the tools to? It just says it just says executive departments and agencies. So, like you know, i.e. the EPA or the the you know the State Department of whatever or this the other this department of whatever. So that one not so that one's not so bad actually. I I think I got that one messed up with one with another one I was about to to go on. Um, That one not too bad. Basically, just given um, you know executive departments and agencies the power to do the things that they need to do. Yep. Could play into more government involvement than what we want, but we'll see how that one plays out. Yeah, that's not a bad. So that one, I, I take back my words on that. That This one Donkey's, was not. Yeah, Donkey says he wants to give the regulatory agencies some teeth, teeth to, to do, do their, their jobs. jobs. Good way of putting it. Yeah, I think awesome. I personally, I think I got ahead of myself on this. That that one was fine. This one, uh, let me, this one, this one, this one I don't like. So this one, and I'm going to read the whole blurb again, and then you know I'll, I'll put it in layman's terms. This one says, ensuring a lawful and accurate enumeration and apportionment pursuant to the decennial census. So this is this this blurb afterwards will probably explain it a little bit more. This order looks to reject stance, reject stances taken by Trump and ensure all of those living in the U.S. are represented in the House of Representatives. It aims to ensure that the population of each state for purposes of congressional representation is determined without regard to whether its residents are in lawful immigration status. This reverses Trump's previous memorandum, excluding illegal aliens from the apportionment base following the 2020 census. This one, I don't like. If you're here, you know, this said this, and this is the phrase that really fucked me up on it, without regard to whether its residents are in lawful immigration status. So this is saying that if you are in this country illegally and this is what it says to me if you're in this country illegally you're still getting represented 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 in the house of representatives like you're being counted 
and what you want to have happen will or, or what you would like to have happen will be taken into account by your representatives voted to Congress. How the fuck does someone who's not here legally and not have some type of citizenship to this country get the ability to be represented in a government basically for free without doing anything or contribute like what no yeah and i mean if they have like their green card or whatever that's completely yeah that's what it says but like it says without regard to its residents uh whether its residents are in lawful immigration status so if you're in lawful immigration status i.e green card uh some kind of visa i'm not totally for sure how that works i don't think the visas really count but if you have a green card or like an ins document that says you're a legal resident here yeah, if you're working here, you know, and you're doing it lawfully, then yeah, absolutely. I think they should have the ability to vote. The, but the, it's that one sense of without regard to whether its residents are in lawful immigration status. So that's saying this dude could be fresh off the boat or fresh up from, and please don't take this wrong, be like fresh, you know, out of Mexico in here, not have, having done anything to He's gain such a xenophobe i know not having He's done anything to gain lawful citizenship here you can just like waltz on in cast cast your votes and be representative represented in the house of representatives like n- n- no what yeah i don't i don't that that's that to me that's bullshit like no that's a tough if you're here like legally fine totally fine with you if you're here illegally you don't get to get represented you don't you don't have any this is gonna sound like mad harsh but i don't care you don't have like you don't get to get represented like it it would be it would be like me strolling into switzerland you know i'm in switzerland on vacation and they're like hey by the way we're having a big vote today on uh whether or not the county should uh serve beer I'm going to be like, well, hell, I don't know anything about this situation, but I like beer. Sure, I'll vote. I, you know, I don't belong here. I'm not a citizen. I don't live here, but yeah, sure, I'll vote. And I know the situations are different, but my personal gain from voting versus actually knowing about the situation, maybe the beer is tainted there. I don't know. Obviously, I'm making up situations, but I don't know shit about it. So why should I be able to show up to their country and have an influence in the way that things right happen? You know, that's what I'm. That's you what know? I like. That's what I'm getting at here. Is like if you're here legally and want some something to change that you think would help you or your situation and the people around your situation that you guys have all discussed or, or like as a community have thought about or whatever, then fine. But if you're here illegally, you don't get to influence how our government governs its people because you aren't one of our people. You're not a citizen. You're not a legal citizen of this country. So sorry, you don't get a voice. If you want a voice, go through the citizenship process. Fidonki said to play devil's advocate, they aren't here on on a holiday. Yeah, right. It was a very simplified example, I guess, of of that. But like, you know, say if I illegally immigrated to england or you know some other european country something like that and was like i don't like the way this place is run i'm gonna i'm gonna try and vote to change things i don't have a voice in how they do shit in that country because i'm not there legally i'm not a legal citizen i'm not a citizen exactly so i just have to sit there and fucking abide by their rules whether i agree with them or not because I'm not a citizen. That's and again, it's different sorry. if you're if you're living here, you're working here, and if you aren't a citizen at that point in time, then yes, your path to citizenship should be much more more simple. Come here, America, the land of the opportunity, and be a functioning member of our culture and our society. You should have a more simple path to saying, "Hey, I'm here. I want to work. I want to." live i want to be free then we should be able to say okay we will accept you and xyz will make you a citizen but if you're coming here for nefarious activities or you're just simply here and not a citizen you shouldn't have a voice in how our country will be run 
Right. So I hope said, I'm saying that as eloquently as I can. Yeah. Padonki said, I think it's less about them getting a vote. They wouldn't get a vote. It would just mean that there are X number of people in Y districts, so now there are Z number of representatives. True, but I still think that those people, that shouldn't count towards your representatives in the House of Representatives. If you're not here legally, you don't count. Well, it. let me... Let me <laughs> I just thought of this. It's like when that... Uh, have you ever seen... Oh, what is it? Wild Country... Um, that guy who creates a, a cult in Utah. Um, I haven't seen it, no. Wild Country, I think it's called. Um, this guy starts a cult, right? And he basically grows his cults enough to where they can buy a large piece of land in Utah right outside of this very small, like, 100-person town, Right. And so he wants to start changing a lot of the laws on what they can and can't do in the town, i.e. like have his own military and police force, which was like it was written into that city's laws that you can't do that, basically. So what he started doing was busing homeless people into his cult having them vote so they swung all of the votes on any of these pieces of city law to directly influence and make it so he could do whatever he wanted legally in that city basically i think at one point in time he even became the mayor like something crazy like that that you you can't make it so susceptible right where you can swing a vote you know i i'm not saying that the democrats would do this but i.e open the borders and then promise, you know, migrants a path to citizenship, you're influencing the way that this should happen, you know, and it might not be what's best for the country or the culture. It's just whatever is best for that specific politician. Right. So chat's getting after it on this one and I, I enjoy it. Um, so squash is responding to Padonkis and said that, you know, he gets where he's coming from. The number counted also influences the amount of money a place gets for government services. Uh, and you know, Padonkis agree with that. So, you know, they, those illegals wouldn't wouldn't be allowed to vote. And I I know I said voting. I uh, you know I thought that, that that would you know that could also you know play into it because you know the people do you know you do vote for your representatives. Um, and I think you're right, Padonkis. People with a green card can't you know can't vote. But with a green card, then you still you know you're still here legally, so you do get to benefit from uh, the laws and the services provided because you're here. You know. You have a Legally. green card. I don't think there's anything wrong with giving that person the ability to vote. No, I don't either. We um, know them. They're not illegal. It, they're not just here, not paying tax. They, you know, they went through the process they wanted to go through to, to you know, have a green card and, and be counted as a, as a citizen. Yeah. Um. You know. So, and Panagi says those extra representatives could be liberal or conservative based on the voting population, which is true. Um, that's how the you know yes, and that's that is how the census works. You know, just counting certain amount of people in a certain place um but my thing is this is the thing that gets me on that is just the regard to immigration status like i and i don't know how they could change it like yes the census is gonna is gonna count but i feel like another part of the census you know if you get to a place or whatever and you i, I don't know this is logistically this is probably improbable to determine everybody's you know citizenship through the census because uh, I had the census people come to my door and ask me, because I did my census online, but they asked me about people that lived across the street from me. You know, they were like, how many people lived here at this time? And, and it was just that, you know, I was like, oh, you know, like, you know, six or eight people lived in that house. And he was like, all right, thanks. And like left. But, you know, obviously yeah. they didn't ask about their citizenship. Said, oh, my, this is different because I live on a military base. So pretty much everybody here is a citizen. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the same, you take that same example and put it into a community that, you know, obviously is not on a military base. So they come to your door and say, how many people lived over there? And you go, oh, you know, X number of people. And they just go, all right, thanks. And they leave. Well, what if three or four of those people are illegal immigrants? They just get counted and now your, your funding goes up for government services. Your representatives may go up or down based on the amount of people. It's just like... I just feel that the census should take into account legal resident citizens and natural born citizens of the country and not take into account illegal immigrants because, you know, they're, 
they're here. Yeah, maybe maybe they're working. Maybe they're you know maybe they're contributing to the community that they live in. But you're not here legally. So like it's cool you're doing all that other stuff, but you're not here legally. So you know you're reaping benefits that the country is giving you without you know basically giving citizenship, accepting citizenship in return. Like that's the price you pay to to benefit from those systems is is that's the cost is being a citizen if you're not a citizen sorry well and donkeys says we can all agree that the immigration system needs work and that's no for sure it does accurate i'm actually i don't know if donkeys knows but from a border town in south texas so like i have 20 years of firsthand witness to where good people get screwed and the wrong people get a free pass and that's what you'd be surprised talking to the amount of uh my hispanic friends who are either first generation or second generation immigrants from mexico and how pro immigration control they are because they know it they've seen it they've lived it you know and they see the wrong people profiting off of it and the good people getting sent back to mexico and starting all over you know it's it's fucked dude it's it's, it's shitty. and it does it's a shitty system and it needs a lot of change a, and a lot, lot of reform, reform and rework I, I would... and again how about we just instead of trump stepping in and saying we're going to build a wall how about we go to the border patrol and say where do you need your resources how can right. we help you best do your job instead of doing a political ploy and saying we're going to build a wall and that's going to keep them out like no idiot you don't understand how this works yeah yeah like panic people are crafty fucking people very intelligent people if you think building a wall is going to keep them out of our country you've got another thing coming yeah 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 it's that's not happening and a wall is just like pendongi said it's just such a bad idea for numerous reasons uh just the the message that it sends just by itself as like here's a wall so now what you've done is you've essentially said to the world we're walling our country off and we're excluding ourselves from the society basically the society of the world as a whole which is what to a degree china tried to do way back when they didn't want to trade with fucking anybody they were like absolutely not get the fuck out i've said it a hundred times all you're gonna do by building a 20 foot wall is create a market for 25 foot ladders like that you're not accomplishing anything and if you really do think you're accomplishing something you are dumber than you look yeah because that's not gonna help or change anything Right. not so, a chance not, no no shot no shot but and you know chat you're right economically and logistically it's just not feasible no terrible idea terrible idea anyway moving Stay on there. otherwise i'll sit on that soapbox for the rest of the night yeah. um so the next one that he signed one of the next ones he signed was protecting public health and the environment and restoring science to tackle climate crisis so this is this this order uh orders a review of all the action taken by the last admin, administration uh, that would co- that might conflict with what Biden wants to do um, with climate with in regards to climate, um, and this is going to end up provoking a raft a raft. This is the legit word a raft of climate related executive orders made by a President Trump, and then quoted in this order it says our nation has an abiding commitment to empower our workers and communities, promote and protect our public health and the environment, and conserve our national treasures and monuments, places that secure our national memory fine actually rely on science to tackle climate change pour money into keeping national parks and monuments looking good uh, which in turn generates tourism revenue and puts money back into the communities that those are part of um, and to promote and keep people healthy and 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 working fine i'm good with that works for me i'm okay with that i'm in sign me up yep uh Squash that people forget that they can see the biggest change by imposing local changes, i.e. the judges that oversee them immigration cases. Very true. No, you're good, Squash. Uh, yes, please. I can get behind that order 100%. That's Pendonkeys. I think everybody can. You know, If you actually start relying on science rather than whimsical fantasy and just the staunch climate change is a hoax thing, maybe we'll actually see some, some damn change. Yeah, and, it'd be nice uh, if other countries would get on that same board and do their part also. Right. 
And now, so the next one is preventing and combating discrimination on the basis of gender identity or sexual orientation. This is quoted, the first two sentences are quotes out of the order. Every person should be treated with respect and dignity and should be able to live without fear, no matter who they are or whom they love. It is the policy of Biden's administration to prevent and combat discrimination on the basis of gender identity or sexual orientation. This order sets out reviews for agencies to ensure they fully cooperate with Title IX of the Civil Rights Act of 64 and other laws prohibiting discrimination on the basis of gender identity or sexual orientation. Cool. Everybody love everybody. Let's not hate people. I'm here for it. <laughs> Essentially, that's what that means. Fine. That will, in turn, probably play into... Um, people of whatever walk of the lgbtqiaz plus whatever the fucking letters are in that thing now um coming back into play in the military that's going to be an ongoing experiment that's another soapbox that i could get on but i think i will just leave that for another time be all not an a end bad idea be all <laughs> and end all let's like let's just not hate people based on you know what the fuck they want to be or what the fuck they are cool yeah awesome and Dude, then man. the last one happy yep the last one we got on here is ethic commitments by executive branch personnel so this one is to make set out to make make it so that each appointee to every executive agency from january 20th onwards uh has to sign this ethics pledge and this ethics pledge is as follows I commit to decision-making on the merits and exclusively in the public interest without regard to private gain or personal benefit. I commit to conduct to conduct that upholds the independence of law enforcement and precludes improper interference with investigative or persecutorial decisions of the Department of Justice. I commit to ethical choices of post-government employment that do not raise the appearance that I have used my government service for private gain, including by using confidential information acquired and relationships established for the benefit of future clients so this is stating that everybody that now is appointed and probably even already in executive office of whatever agency they're in that they must make their decisions and act in the benefit of the public interest and you know stop doing their job to have personal gain or personal benefit i.e loads of money coming your way um and then to not use the information that you have learned while in government to conduct business afterwards i.e insider trading they would that would be beautiful so if, if that, that one would actually happen if that one can work and we get that thing. one on board hell yeah let's do it and this kind of ties into something operate in within the best interests of the American people and not from what you stand to gain from it politically or monetarily. What? what? I know that sounds, that, that sounds, sounds bizarre. Broken. And this kind of ties in to uh, something I heard the other day. And I did agree. I agree with this. Um, this, this person was talking about, uh, you know, how Congress as a whole should be run. And it was like, you know, they need to introduce term limits, which we've talked about. They need to, um, the voting on when, the, when they go to vote for a raise, you know, Congress, Congress, to, uh, Congress persons to get raises, that doesn't need to be a vote that goes on the floor of Congress. That needs to be a vote that comes to the people whom they represent. And we get to vote whether or not they get a raise based on how well we think they did their job. Um, and yeah. then it also said, you know, they was also talking about if any person in Congress happens to make I think they said something like a million dollars plus a year, then you're going to get audited because we want to know where the hell all that's money, all that money's coming from because your salary is six figures. And if I'm correct in my memory, I think it's roughly close to 300 K a year. I think for a Congress Congress, I think so. Something like that. I think it's 140 grand. Wow, a year, And I it? was really giving them a lot more than what they probably deserve. So it's a $140,000 a year. Congress, you get 140 grand a year. So yeah, and all like donkeys just said. Oh, welcome to the show, donkeys. We love this. To have this you is here. great. You're you're just saying saying shit you, that we've if been you saying. Would go back and listen to podcasts since day one. Everything that you're commenting is right up our alley. Which is it's true. It's it, just true. Uh, yeah. It's all coming from lobbyists. It's coming from lobbyists, I'll, packs, and super packs that just pad the pockets of the people that they believe will get things swung in the direction that they want it swung so that their business or whatever the fuck they're lobbying for profits 
So. I actually couldn't tell donkeys. Uh, he <laughs> oh. says, I don't get to talk politics that often. If you can't tell no, you sound more educated than, um, majority of people that I speak to on a day-to-day basis about this stuff. Cause I know, I know, I, I, I know donkeys doesn't get to, <laughs> cause we try and do it sometimes. I get into a conversation with people like on the street or in a bar or whatever about this stuff. And they just start spewing crazy talk. And I'm like, I'm not even going to, try this isn't the avenue for me to get on a soapbox i'm like i know right that's crazy yeah dude this this pandemic is made up man definitely made up i'm like i just don't want to spend the time right now right and you're three beers deep trying to change your mind because yeah it's just not gonna work you're gonna get aggressive and say that i'm an idiot and i'm not not a productive conversation not worth it pedonkey says i'm a liberal in west virginia i keep my mouth shut off and that must be difficult I can West Virginia is a very <laughs> a very conservative state so yeah. What what did West Virginia vote percentage wise towards probably Trump this year? An overwhelming percent. High. An overwhelming like, percent Trump. Was it like 76%? Probably something like that. I know it was I remember seeing it was high and like yeah, West Virginia shocker. Right. Yeah, 70%. Love plus. Trump out there. Yep. So if that ethics executive order can actually be implemented, you know, he signed it. So if it can be implemented and enforced, then I'm all here for it. Mm-hmm. And that would be, I think, a good change that I would like to see in um, in our government. So, it, you know, that actually holds people accountable to, you know, do the job that they were, you know, elected to do, which was to keep the public interest and the people that they re- represent their interests forefront in their mind. And vote accordingly, mm-hmm. and then not to take. They'll call them. They'll call them donations, but any person can look at that and see it's basically a fucking bribe. Yeah. Um. And, 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 yeah. So I mean, and the stuff I just mentioned, you know, term limits, all that other stuff. If that could actually get implemented as well, that would be fantastic. But mm-hmm. the uphill battle is getting that to Congress because everybody that's in, like, a majority of people that are in Congress um right now have been there f- f- fucking since the crypt keeper was a child um it's crazy it, when you actually start watching like, like a lot of congressional hearings and you see the same people over and and they say the same shit it's just they over they're... and over and and uh tell me about why uh why you signed this pact with this with this congressperson in 1998 well i was doing it i yield my time yeah it's 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 dumb like what we have like it's for example we have fucking cocaine mitch who was born in like fucking 40 something who has been in congress call him cocaine mitch why because his family has ties to uh a business that basically gave the mcconnell family because apparently there's a lot of politicians a lot of money over the years as quote unquote donations. And they got busted as basically being like a, like a front for a huge cocaine. Oh, so the McConnell's were all for the shipping of cocaine from South America in the eighties. They were, they were deaf. Their family definitely has ties to uh, companies that sold marijuana or marijuana cocaine, Mm. but it was like a front of a business. White people. Yeah, white people. But white yeah, people so like their coke, man. that dude has been in Congress since like the 60s. And as many people his same age have been there for that long, if not longer. And all they do, all they've done is, is hold on to these these antiquated values and ideas and beliefs that were maybe fine for society back in 65. But yeah literally have no bearing in in 2021 like how things ran back then is not how things are run right now or is or should be run right now yeah exactly like you can't like this this is the problem like the boomers are like yeah boomers i'm calling you out get mad there's the door um get called a boomer all the time it's fine um like all y'all's old ass like that beliefs and ideals a lot of those don't play well now sorry about it not sorry like you can't run the world how it used to be okay you gotta adapt and overcome yeah 
So all these old ass fuckers in Congress right now need to like, I don't know. Well, and if you continue to get elected, like, you know, that's fine or whatever, but have some sort of a, of a term limit, you know, not just so you're, you just, until you die, you can be a congressperson. Yeah. Like at some point in time, I feel like, you know, you get a fresh blood in there to actually make some changes so it doesn't just keep going the same way every single time. I feel like, fuck it, like give them, give them a four year term. Just quit, quit with the, the midterms, move it to a four year term. And every time the president gets elected, Congress is up for election as well. And do the same thing you do with the president. Limit them to two terms. You get elected for two terms, great. You're done. You Thank you for doing your job. Now let's get somebody else in there who, A, might be on the same wavelength as you, or B, maybe more progressive or, or not, or whatever. But if you didn't do your job well the first time, you get to get voted out. and You're done. And you're done. See. And then yeah. you get some new blood in there. I don't know. That's my take yeah. on it. That's what I'd like to see happen. 